The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. Maybe a little aggressively, but to each their own. You are thinking of your tasks incorrectly. I am? You are doing a task to complete it. That is not the purpose of these tasks. Why are you here? It's brought here in recommendation. Not my recommendation. If your family is outside of these walls, you wish to be invisible. If your family is in these walls, you want to make a name for yourself. Welcome back, foundlings, to another episode of The Gate Chronicles. This is Chronicle 1, Chapter 76. My name is Emily. I'm your game master and host for this series session episode and, you know, the person that does the writing and the music and the ambiance and all that stuff. But today, I'm joined by my one player and another schmuck. I'm the player. My name is Jaden, and I play Finnevere Avir. And then there's this schmuck. (laughs) Hello. My name is Christoph. I am a voice without a face. And I will be here to aid Finnevere in his endeavor, should he so desire. As an acolyte initiate, Finnevere is expected to perform the meager duties of a groundskeeper as well as enhance his knowledge within the faith of the Sacred Order, a position he happily filled given the alternative option of imprisonment. But after receiving a letter from his comrade, Finnevere set his sights higher. With time of the essence, Finnevere must discover a way to climb within the ranks of the Sacred Order or continue to plot away his days as a glorified janitor or do something completely and entirely different because this is a role-playing game and there are cats in the background. We do get cat memes in the future. So yeah, uh, you know, last session we kind of left off at a very awkward uh does Finnevere even remember where we last left yeah, off? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember where we last left off? Uh, you got a letter. We just got a letter. We just Seven got a letter. That's not where we, we left just... off. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He got a letter. Was super motivated. He's like, okay, Charles Smoot says, go find John. John's, nah, John's near the bishop. The bishop's at church. Gotta go to church. And then? And then he tried to be as churchy as he could. And so, then, and then, someone got flogged. There Yay! we go. Finnevere, um, very awkward time for for everyone. Really, it happened at dinner. So yeah, Finnevere wanted to be Charles Smoot real bad in that situation, but he also knew that's how we got here. That is indeed how you got in this place. Maybe the solution is not beating up the guards following orders. It's getting elected to a position of of change. Well, Finnevere, you learned that the people that were dressed in almost fully black and red garb, wearing masks covering their face, were the priest ascendants. They were the ones who were dishing out this punishment. Though you still don't know exactly why this individual was flogged in the first place. And, unfortunately, dinner sort of passes in more silence as everyone seems uncomfortable afterwards. You remember, though, as you had been standing near the fellow as you went to go and help him, there were two things that were said to you. Ariana shared that pain is good for the soul. But, additionally, you heard in a very quiet voice, whispered by a familiar man, So you have chosen. But we're going to be picking up the next day. You go out of your lodgings. It is raining today, so not everyone is doing their typical task outdoors. Well, it sounds like mass will be crowded. I don't really know if there's too much more to learn. Like, if the teachings from day to day, which he's been attending, are not building on each other... If there's not really much more significant stuff to learn there, which it seems that things are boiled down to, like there were two important 
feminine figures and don't get them mixed up or people get mad at you. Yeah. So uh, just as a reminder for yourself, you, you've learned about these two individuals, which are sort of the deities of the faith of the sacred order. The maiden is said to be a young woman of great beauty and power, a scion of the Red Kingdom, one who is dead that lives again, and her return will signal a greater age of prosperity for those who follow her. And the mother, though, has no defined physical traits, sometimes referred to as the faceless one, which you actually do hear this in a very negative light, as this is something that is used to refer to her by those who oppose the faith. And you are very strictly instructed that these individuals are heretics. But she is representative of knowledge and judgment. He's already done mass, so he'll probably pick up a shift cooking to see who hangs around there and if there's anything that stands out. So you realize that as you go into the kitchen area that there are more people working the shift today than usual. And that seems probably due to the rain outside. You do learn that the preparing of meals is not only done just for the clergy, but you also prepare meals for those who are homeless in the city. So to do the task here, it's going to be an applicable lore check, which I assume your lore alcohol would probably make the most sense here. You're good at seasoning. Yeah, that or artistry, as someone would say, food is an art, but they're the same, so... <laughs> So yeah, you can use your lore alcohol, or I'm fine if you want to use your lore artistry. I will say that you do know that all of the ingredients that you have to get are in that storage shed, where you remember that your things had been locked up. But when you'd walked through, like very briefly, just to look, you didn't see anybody's like personal belongings there, which seemed a little odd to you. But working in this area also, though, you do see Kristoff, who is currently standing over what looks to be a boiling pot of potatoes. Would you like to roll that lore skill? Yep, let's go for it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 26. Congratulations, you've earned another point. I can make saltless water soup. Saltless water soup with alcohol. I can't imagine that we'd be allowed anything too frivolous if the mantra is lose oneself. You successfully do perform this task, and while you are doing so, you do see that Kristoff is in the same area as you. But you also know that at some point you'll have to go over to the shed to get more um, supplies. I guess you can try to strike up a conversation with the oh-so-sociable Kristoff. Didn't you say it was over like a pot of potatoes? Yeah, you're doing, you're making like meals for the day. And this is for the clergy and also the oh, homeless okay. population. So I, I, I misunderstood and I thought I was actively feeding individuals. I'm currently preparing the food. Yeah, yeah, if I thought there was other people here, that would be a resource gold mine. Well, technically, your level of acolyte does have the opportunity to go out in the city and actually yeah, yeah, yeah. feed individuals. So you could be doing that later in the day, but sure. you usually do that under either priest or true acolyte. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Obviously, as Obvious, I know. Obvious, as you know. <laughs> there are other people about, but they seem to be just minding their own business and cooking. Another fine day. All days are fine. As a matter of perspective. How many people are in the immediate vicinity? Like, how private is this conversation or not? It's as private as you really want it to be because everyone is busy. There's a lot of noise happening. People are using cutting boards. They're chopping things. They're having their own conversations. Ben beer will just come up and start competitively peeling potatoes. Wonderful. You start peeling potatoes competitively. Does Christoph join this competition? Not the slightest. No, okay. He's going very methodical at his own predetermined pace. Have you been to Immordun Mass before? Many times. What is it like? Hmm. Does the bishop ever show up? When he is in town, he will officiate. And certainly he brings in energy to the crowds. A people's person. The most enigmatic one I know. Alright, now he knows... He's, he's heard him called enigmatic and also that miserable thinking type. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Yeah. Starting to learn so much. When you are there, you can feel as if a spirit moves over the congregation. But as for its intent or virtue, it is hard to determine. You also know, Kristoff, that the... Immordun masses, like you said, there is an energy that's brought there. 
And the people that attend these masses, in a way, in your mind, you imagine that they may not just be like worshiping these deities, but almost the bishop himself has become a sort of deity in their eyes. And he certainly dresses the part. They're usually followed around by a complimentary entourage, as many fashionable figures do. There are two types of people in this world. Those who worship and those who long to be worshipped. But the bishop is not so foolish in his cravings that he is not wary of his opposition. He tends to have quite active countermeasures. I think another way to view that is one that serves and one that wishes to be served. There was a time in my life where I wished to be in the latter category, but since I found a cause worth serving, and it's possible that cause might be lost to me forever if I don't find an answer. Well then, in some ways, Finavir, you are fortunate. You have a cause worth living for that is so much more than many can lay claim to. Unfortunate truth. But take solace in that fact, then. Allow your goals to guide you. Do not be led astray, no matter how many directions the world will try to pull you in. Uh, Some of those pulls are very strong. And that is life. A river that flows. But all currents do not necessarily go in the same direction. Which of the two are you? The one that wishes to praise or serve, or the one who wishes to be praised or served? Once like you, I too would prefer the latter, until I found something worth serving. And it seems we may be kindred spirits after all. For all that tough exterior reminds me of somebody. One of those I wish to return in the service of. Also, too many potatoes on that one. The vegetables... uh, uh, You must... uh, Portion things to keep the appropriate ratios. He starts fixing some of uh, Christoph's balls. As you go to touch his potatoes, <laughs> he just takes like the nearest knife and slams it down on the counter. <laughs> the potato is a mighty, majestic, well-rounded ingredient. You do see that they are actually perfectly cut. Like they're smoothly cut as well. Like so, they're rounded literally. It is the pinnacle of sustenance. <laughs> Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Right. There's no such thing as uh, too much of a good thing. Got it. So, Kristoff, you finish up with your stuff on your end, and you actually help to prepare the meals for going out. Yeah, man. Into the city. Of course I did. As I was clearly anticipating. Clearly <laughs> anticipating. Yeah, he's got assurance on food making. <laughs> and sweeping. <laughs> Why did you look so confused? This is a duty of a reformed acolyte. Gosh. Exactly, I know. I'm aware. You think I don't know these things? <laughs> no. Uh, but yes, Benavir, finishing up with your duties for the day of preparing these meals, you do see as Kristoff seems to join up with a group of these other acolytes. And you see somebody who appears to be a priest and they prepare to go out into the city. It's usually like a small group and you've seen them doing this, but... This is the first time that you've seen Kristoff go out with them. So this is an area with one large gate and walls around it? Yep. There is a very large gate at the front. It's much bigger than it needs to be. Very grandiose. The walls that are surrounding this place are basically just giant white marble. Well, after his shift, he is going to try to gather intel to try to see if there's a potential escape route, as in, like, Are the walls scalable in any area? Is there like a set of stairs that leads to an upper area, walk areas like that outside of a castle? Sure. You begin walking around this area. Go ahead and roll a perception check. Well, doesn't get much better than that. 33. As you're looking around here, you do not see any sort of walking paths. There's no guard walks on these walls. They are very much decorative, but they are pristine. You see no Mars against them. And you do know that many of the acolytes who do the groundskeeping also polish these walls at the areas they can reach on the lower ends. The buildings around here do not line up against the walls directly. They're a good 10 feet away from them. 
it does seem like the only entrance in and out is through the main gate at the front. But you don't see, like, standard guards around here. You mostly see the priests and other acolytes in this area and the occasional uh, priest ascendant, but you don't see them currently. There Does there seem to be a lot of, I don't know, overactive Hallmunder-esque duty where, like, just regular people are stopped all the time? It's like, hey, what are you doing? Generally, the people that do that are the true acolytes, Typically because the priests are far too busy with their duties around here, whether or not it is transcribing documents or going out into the city, which you do notice that there are these groups of the acolytes that are basically one higher rank than you that get to go out without really any question. And most of the time, the people left behind are the initiate acolytes. Level up. Walk out of prison. Run and do not get caught this time. That is a possible plan. It is a possible plan. Your character could bide his time. But that is what you see today. Also, didn't you want to check out the storage shed again? I was going to say you have time now since it's difficult during your working hours for you to really go around and explore. So you could if you wanted to. Yeah, you know, when I'm working at work, I, uh, it does make it difficult to, you know, explore outside of the building that I'm working in and discover if there's anything interesting about it. Yeah. So, you go over to the storage shed. You were in there earlier, so nobody's really questioning why you're walking around the area again. And you're able to go inside without much of a question. You do know that it's always locked up at night, though. What to look for? A perception check in your future? Oh, yeah. He sees the bucket. Hey, that bucket's there. That bucket's not there. Is a natural one with 15 as the total. Lovely. So as you're walking through this place, you do see your bucket. I see that bucket. You do see the bucket. You do know that your foot is in the bucket. Ah, That's how you found it. My only non-existent shoe. You have like cloth wraps on your feet. I get cloth wraps? Yeah. That's so much better than bare feet. I'd like to point out, that's your only non-existent shoe. Does that mean you're just not wearing a shoe on that foot and the other foot does have a shoe? Uh, You know, with budget cuts, either you can only afford one. You can only afford one shoe. Hey, listen, we never. Yeah. Isn't that the foot that had the shackles on it? We never talked about how the shackles came off, by the way, but they came off. They came off. They had to have. How would you have changed? How would you have stripped? Yeah. Very skillfully. (laughs) Your pants are Velcro. (laughs) Uh, I know. They they got buttons down the sides. Vinevere, you seem quite experienced in this. His tearaway pants, yeah. Yeah, The priest there that was prepared with the key, and he's like, I wasn't ready for today. (laughs) (laughs) There are many uh, prostitutes that come There are many lost souls that wander their ways (laughs) into my church. Um, Yeah. You think these are the first tearaway pants I've seen? <laughs> Congratulations, Benavir. You have a bucket. Huzzah. I, I, I was able to find the bucket. You now have a bucket and a soggy cloth-wrapped foot. He comes in and Ariana's like scolding someone. He's like, nope, nothing. I'm not getting any part of that. You do hear her kind of be like, have you seen that Finevere anywhere as you're just trying to sneak by? Nope. I did see him at service today. How disappointing. Nope. And he walks up. So, a day passes. Day six. Nothing like uneven floor birds to, you know, just rearrange your muscles for the new day. You see some of the orphans just kind of also stretch awkwardly, and then they begin playing immediately as they run outside. They're just tussling, man. They are. They're children. It is not raining today. It's snowing. (laughs) So it's, help me. <laughs> by the way, I had our month wrong, um, so you should be in Meyer now, which is May. Nice. Woo! Better not be snowing in May. In hey, the man. south. Global global cooling. <laughs> climate changing. Yeah, climate changed so much that, you know, since the time of Charles Smoot's era, the poles have flipped. Yeah. I believe it. You know, June's just peak winter now. It's 15 degrees in June. Finnevere. It is the sixth day of you being here. You still have duties to perform. You do know that Imordun is coming up quickly. Yeah. He's not 
He doesn't remember if he's allowed to go to Supermass. <laughs> <laughs> Needs to get that answer. But someone's been taking the crazy pills. I, I think she was always taking the crazy pills. I think you just now noticed. Well, you know, sometimes the red flags are no so, not so readily apparent. Maybe you're just colorblind and they all look like gray flags to you. He was just so inspired by a new locale. That's fair. And things to do. And he was employed so quickly. What would you like to do today? You have taken a look around the compound. You haven't spent much time indoors, really. as much. Like, you've spent time in the cathedral area. Mm -hmm. But being with a certain individual who shall be named Ariana, you didn't really spend much time exploring the building itself. Or you could try again to take a look in the shed. But... Every day is a new perception check. But you do have the opportunity to... Well, you, you should perform your duties if you don't want to get noticed. Or you can try and sneak around and pretend you're doing things. And that's going to be a stealth and a deception. But deception hard enough? Can they still get points, you think? Or is there, like, Ooh. a concrete method that, like, they, they give say, you a punch card that someone needs to fill out? I will say if your deception is good enough, you, you could certainly get a point i didn't think about that but i would i would allow it all right but if you do it too many times somebody might catch on all right so finavir what would you like to do today Kristoff has returned from his excursion in the city and you do know that ariana is probably somewhere within the cathedral doing her daily prayers as she requested you to do as well he wants to find his stuff he doesn't want to stay around here too much longer because if this, if this goes on for another week, it could go on for all the weeks. <laughs> so he is going to try to find his stuff and or something that he could use as a lockpick. Okay, that's fine. If you want to use something as an improvised lockpick, that counts then as a shoddy tool and that puts you at a uh, minus two penalty. You literally go into the storage shed and take a look. Perception right. check. 25. Congratulations. You finally find something. <laughs> you are finally able to look past the bucket. And you find a second bucket. There was a second one the whole time. No, you do find a second bucket with nails in it. However, you see that there are other acolytes coming in and out. Most of them, though, are outside today doing their chores. They're just coming in to get supplies. Usually the people that come in here during the day are those who are preparing meals. But... As you are walking through here, you feel as you step on a certain set of floorboards as though the sound of them is different, as though something isn't right in that spot. All right. If, you think, if it seems that it's reasonable just to wait a sec and then have the room cleared to check under the floorboards and try to move them. In, in the meantime, he'll just try to shift his foot about them to see if they shift differently. But that's the most that he would do until someone was far enough away that he could reasonably check it without being noticed. You do know that the best time to check this, 100% where nobody would be in here, is at night. Hmm. With your current state during this time of day, as people are walking in and out, you don't know when somebody's going to walk in. But um, I would say that you could try and roll a deception if you wanted to make it look like you were doing something else while you were in here, just to uh, dissuade people from looking at what you're doing. Yeah, I'll give that a try. That's a 30 for a deception. Okay. You, for a moment, fiddle with the boards with your feet, and you do see as they sort of give a little bit and they lower slightly than the boards around them, and then it decompresses as you lift your foot off. You believe that this might be a hidden space underneath. Not being in the room, it's hard to tell exactly how close people are to you. Yeah. But doing a cursory glance is probably in his best interest because he needs to know what's at stake for coming back here at night. Sure. So he'll probably want to investigate a little bit further. How do you do so? Uh, he would probably try to play it off like, I don't know, like he stubbed his toe and like there's something wrong with the... My shoelace is untied. Okay, so Fenivir kind of like bakes his foot caught on something. It's like, ah! And he kind of like kneels down. It's like, what is going on here? You can definitely tell that there is a hidden compartment here. 
the boards probably lift away individually and it would take a little bit of time for you to pull them up in order to look beneath them. I get it. It's not something small and subtle. That is realistically out of the question. From your estimate, it's almost large enough for a person to curl up and lie down in. As is? Like the size of what you're estimating this hidden compartment to be. You don't smell anything beyond the regular food up here. So I guess he'll take note of that, and he's going to try to look for supplies to potentially pick the lock later. He's going to take some nails. How many nails do you take? There's like ten in there. Uh, He wouldn't take more than five. You take five nails. Do you think those alone would be good enough to use as, um... I'll allow it. I'll say you find basically enough tools to make an improvised kit. He'll try to slide into doing some work to get by. Kristoff wouldn't rat him out. Never. You do see Kristoff doing one of his favorite chores outside. He's by the main temple building and he seems to be taking care of some bushes. With some very, like, modified shears. Our friend will get a, another set of shears and join him. You're not shear-worthy. <laughs> let, let, let's go trim some bushes and get them points I totally deserve that I wasn't slacking off for an hour. You walk over where Kristoff is. You manage to find a set of spare shears in the wheelbarrows that are outside currently. You see that he is taking care of this set of bushes, which are pristinely cut. There are several next trim that still need to be trimmed. Yep. So he will start trimming some hedges, making up for lost time. You begin trimming bushes. Give me a nature. I know what hedges are supposed to look like. Natural 20. Oh, beautiful. He trims it with a bit of artistry, with each shearing. And Kristoff, you're impressed. See, as a single tear falls down his cheek. Maybe. Just maybe you would let him cut a potato. It seems as if maybe you have learned something from your time here. Every task we do each and every day of our lives is a building block for our end goals. So he'll go up to Kristoff as he does. As he does. <laughs> you see as Kristoff is just picking up all of the trimmings from the bushes and putting them in a pile. Kristoff, who would you be if you could be someone else? As an example... If I could be someone, I would live far away with a family, either inherited or found, taking on each day as we support each other and grow. If you could be someone else, who would you be? You see as Kristoff kind of stands up straight, shoulders back, and though he is gaunt and very clearly a shadow of his former self, you can see his muscular framework as his head tilts back and he kind of looks at the sky. I see myself in the field, tending to the ground itself, knowing that one day I will harvest the fruits of my labor and provide for those I care for. Such is the plight of a servant. If the weight of the sun's shadow turns to be too much, at very least, I'd like to say thank you, Kristoff, for your words of kindness. If I can leave you with nothing else... Know that you are already enough. You have the tools and abilities at your disposal. You just need to take the first step. And when you do, you may be surprised by how many follow. You see as Kristoff just goes back to his work and begins putting little fragments of bushes all together in one neat little pile. And it's a very quaint scene. There's actually this beautiful, tall arching window that sort of, it's got a drape on the inside, so you can't see inside of it, but it sort of overlooks where you both are standing. And it's just very pretty and quaint. Finn wouldn't want to ruin the mood of the conversation. He'll we'll leave the conversation there as they have finished their task. I did forget to have him ask Kristoff about that before they had their big philosophical debate. Actually, on second thought, <laughs> on second comes thought, going around that. the corner, <laughs> ruining the peace and quiet. Kristoff sighs. Finnevere walks away. And then... He walks back and approaches him, as he does. As, as he, does. he does. So, um, tomorrow... <sighs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> what now? Some moments should be preserved. Anyway, tomorrow is the big mass... 
Is everyone naturally invited there? Or is that something that only like higher level acolytes are drawn to? The easiest way to lead lost souls is to make sure that all are welcome. Does that take place here or in another part of the city or is there a pilgrimage of sorts? Like most of a day's journey? But in that chapel over there? Though not the most central or grand or packed, the Order Bishop finds business here and always attends Imordu when in town. So in some ways, this is the most important place. You may find that a wealth of knowledge is stored within these walls. He'll jokingly glance at the wall. You stare at the windowed area that is before you, since that's the wall that's directly in front of you. And Kristoff very seriously nods. What makes this place so special? I mean, it's the nicest chapel I've ever been to, but I've never been to a proper chapel before. All things only have the meaning that you invest into them. But know that the bishop invests a lot of time here. Therefore, there must be some meaning behind it. Did Kristoff look in a particular direction when he said the walls? Like, the, towards the chapel or the white walls? He seemed to be watching you and where you were looking, and as you were staring straight ahead, he began nodding with a smile, kind of like partially on his lips. Hmm. It is good that you have started to ask questions, for you will never find the answers if you do not seek for them. Caution is good, but sometimes you must be bolder. One episode later. Perhaps there's such a thing as too much boulder. (laughs) (laughs) There's such a thing as too much boulder. (laughs) Albeit short, I've really appreciated our time together. Uh, I mean, this may be the last chance to snoop about the chapel. I'm going to go take a look at some walls. Okay. (laughs) What does that mean exactly? A perception check? Start hitting them with a stick. He doesn't know. Uh, he, I guess he's been in there before. You've been in the cathedral. You have not been throughout the entire building. The majority of your tasks have been on the exterior, keeping the grounds outside. But you do know that there are other rooms in the temple itself, but you haven't had the opportunity to go to them. I can afford to get into a little bit of trouble. I think uh, he'll do a bit of snooping about. We'll see what there is to snoop. Doesn't know until he starts looking. Okay. Roll a perception check. That is a 27. You go into the main building. Walking through the cathedral, you see the typical seating arrangements. You see some of these reformed acolytes are actually inside moving around seats, creating larger spaces, and even bringing out more seating for larger crowds, you assume. It's beginning to get very cramped in here. But you see an opportunity to duck out of this main area into the side chambers and the side hallways, really. You know that the interior is typically maintained by the reformed acolytes and most certainly the true acolytes, the highest acolyte tier of them all. You keep your head down as you're walking through these halls, hoping that nobody runs into you or you into them. But as you are walking, you come down to the end of the hall where, from your estimation, you would expect the window that you are underneath with Kristoff to be. But you see that there is a very large door here blocking you from getting any closer to it. It seems to be a very grand room. The door actually seems to be embossed in gold trims with various beautiful intricate patterns all over it. You have never been in this room, and the door is shut. Well, as all good adventurers know to do, you listen at the door before interacting with it. Does it sound like there's someone or something inside? It does not sound currently... As if someone is inside, though, at the same time, you're having trouble hearing through this door. It seems very thick. 
and it is large. It is taller than all the other doors in this building. Yeah, we'll see how if a high perception check can get away with the good old bathroom trick here. He's going to try the handle to see if it's unlocked. Okay. You place your hand on the handle, and you put a little pressure on it, and you do feel that it is locked. But as you are jiggling around on this handle, you hear a familiar voice. Finnevere? Ayana! Excuse you, but what are you doing in here? I heard the mass was uh, going on tomorrow. Yes. I figured I'd have a look around. No. Well, where am I supposed to sit? I've never been to one. I haven't got the tour. You are not supposed to be here. This is the Grand Hall. And this is the Bishop's Quarters. You are not supposed to be going in there. Get, get your hand off I, that handle. Huh. I had no idea. She takes her sleeve and she just polishes this handle. And you can see like the strange look of just enthrallment on her face as she's doing so. But she clears the throat and turns back to you. <clears throat> Only those who are of the reformed acolytes and higher status may be in this hallway. You are just an initiate. As I said, you're still a heretic, if anything. That only means that there's room for improvement. She strains herself a little bit. I suppose so. But you simply cannot be in this hallway like this. You could get me into big trouble, sir. Then we must leave at once. Absolutely. If you would be so kind, you could show me anywhere else. I shouldn't wander. Therefore, I won't wander. I'll show you where you can go. You cannot go here, though. She looks at you as she's walking you back into the cathedral. I have not seen you for your morning prayers, Finevere, for the past two days. Where have you been? Performing my tasks diligently. I see. But you told me that you would be here for prayers, Finevere. What about for your uh, sketching that you were going to do? You can't sketch the maiden if you don't know truly who she is. I will admit, I was a bit hurt by your words. I had no idea what was and wasn't heretical. And I didn't know you were so interested in the uh, uh, in my sketching project. Of course, Finevere. I'm always interested in what you're doing. You are, after all, under my authority. So I must be aware of what you're doing, for your sake, and for mine. And of course you wouldn't know what you're doing is heretical, blasphemous, or sacrilege unless you attend your mass. You must attend prayers, Finevere. It's the only way for you to advance, truly. Or you could be stuck as a reformed acolyte, like certain individuals. Well, I'll be looking forward to tomorrow. Were you able to acquire paper? Why would I be doing that? For the sketches. I told you to focus on your prayers, Finevere. The sketching can come later. Draw on the ground if you must, but I cannot obtain that for you yet. You must advance in the clergy in order to gain these things. Personal possessions are prohibited, Finevere. Oh, they don't, it doesn't need to be my paper. Perhaps if you reach the level of a reformed acolyte, you could begin scribing, and then you get access to paper. But then you'll need permission from the priests. Always so informative. Oh, but of course, and I'm so excited for you to be attending your first Mass with us. You've never been to Mass before, I'm assuming. I have not. Oh. So it should be a privilege. It's absolutely wonderful when the bishop goes on to the platform and the podium and he begins to speak. His words are like honey. His mind is revealed and it's wonderful. So, I believe that you shall quite thoroughly enjoy it tomorrow. You will come and sit with me, won't you? Would you take the company of this uninformed, often heretical, it seems, acolyte? Oh, but of course, Finevia, she puts her hand over her heart and she just kind of like does this like very fake pout. You are under my authority, so I must have some pity on you, for I understand how difficult it can be. I know I have very high expectations, but I only have these for your benefit. Aim for the stars, and even if you should miss, you'll land amongst the clouds. No, I think I have them backwards. In either case... You actually not know the line? What? Do you actually not know the line? No, it, it's aim... Uh, it, 
shoot for the moon. Shoot for the moon. And you'll and land amongst, amongst the, the stars. stars. She looks at you. Goodness gracious. And she kind of tilts her head a little bit and shakes her head. Are you an orphan, Finevia? <laughs> I lost my parents when I was very young, yes. Ah, we are kindred souls, then. I also lost my parents. I could tell the moment I met you. You have this lost look in your eyes. That does tend to happen around me in new places. Every time. She looks at you, not sure what you mean. <laughs> I don't understand. But, to be honest, Finvia, you have a home now, a family. We're all here for you. I can speak highly of the church. They took me in when I was young. I've learned so much since I've been here. Although you're a bit older now, you can still learn. Just empty your mind like you're one of the children, and you'll learn much faster that way. Uh, you know, it does seem to be getting late, and I wouldn't want to be wary when Mass comes up tomorrow. Oh, you're absolutely right, Finevere. It's quite a riot when it happens. So get all of your rest, eat your meals, and I shall see you tomorrow, I assume. I'll be sorely disappointed if you don't come. Sorely. Like it was even a question. All right, then. Now off you go. And do not come down this hallway again. Then we'll leave. You leave the hallway. You spend the rest of your day essentially doing your regular tasks, kind of cleaning yourself up and preparing yourself for the next day, whatever that entails. Out of curiosity, would you have passed by in the, uh, the storage area the higher-level cloaks? In the shed? Yeah. No, they would not be stored there. You do know that the reformed acolytes and the true acolytes have their own lodging. The true acolytes seeming to have lodgings possibly within the temple itself, and the reformed acolytes have a nicer building on the grounds. You're in basically the orphan's building right now. We're going to move into the evening area. Did you want to try to go over to the shed? Yeah. So he is going to try to silently sneak out in the middle of the night. Going to try to make his way out of sight to the um, to the storage shed. You need to roll a stealth for me. 23. As you begin making your way out from the ramshackle shed, you begin walking very silently through the grounds. Thankfully, you know which boards in the house creak when you step on them, so you were able to avoid them. But as you are going outside, you see that there are people, like priests, that are walking around the area. Like, they just seem to be doing rounds of sorts. And they're carrying lanterns. They're just keeping an eye out. You begin making your way very slowly across the field, trying to stay out of their light. It's muddy. And you can feel your feet sinking into some of these areas that, while shady, also don't receive as much sunlight during the day. So they're still wet and muddy and squelchy as you step into them. I'm going to have you roll another stealth to proceed across the field. That is a natural 20 for 36. You manage to time your steps, removing your feet from this mud with some of the priests and it blends in with their steps and they don't notice you as you silently maneuver your way across the grounds to the shed on the other side. Carefully twisting his feet as to not even leave a trail, some might say. Let's see if these are some high quality nails. Gonna try an improvised disabled device. Sure. You see that the lock on here seems to be a simple lock. All right, let's go. That is a 19 thievery with the minus two, putting that at a 17. You try and get this into the pinhole on here and try to maneuver it, but you can't quite get the same sensation of the keys moving inside. So the pins aren't adjusting at all. Flip it around, try the other side of the nails. Sure, you can roll again. Accounting for the shoddy tools, that's still a 21. You feel like you've made a little bit of progress as some of the pins inside shift. You need to make three successful thievery checks with a simple lock. Oh, boy. That's how lock picking works now. It's terrifying. 19. You don't make any progress. You may roll again. 
It just takes time. 18. You don't make any progress, and you're making a little bit more noise as you're getting frustrated. You can continue rolling, or... Does it sound like someone's coming close? Not right now. All right, then he's going to keep going. 17. We are counting down. You make no progress, and you feel as though the you're just not angling it quite right. 18. Going back up. <laughs> I'm switching back to digital. <laughs> no progress. And I'm going to start rolling to see if somebody hears you. You're so lucky. Oh, I feel so lucky right now. Come on, blasted nails. I knew I should have found some masterwork or shaved them down or something. I've got 31. Theoretically a critical success. You feel as this last time you were so done with this lock. Stupid freaking lock. And you just managed to jiggle this nail so slightly the pins unlock i don't know if to be more upset that it took this long or if that's what did it you are able to remove the lock and open the door into the dark shed wait remove the lock so it's got like a padlock you'll turn it so it's less like it'll, it'll turn it to make it look like it's locked from a distance sure and he will enter inside you go inside to the dark shed. It is dark. There is no light. Mm. You were kind of getting by because of some of the lights that were passively giving you dim, dim light from outside. But as you go in and close the door behind you, it is dark. And even though your eyes are adjusting, it is impossible to see. You try to feel his way to some matches that he may have seen with the cooking supplies. You know how you walk through your house from memory? He's been here for a week. I'll roll a percentile for it. There, I'll, I'll give you a 50-50 shot here. Okay, I'll take it. You begin fumbling about, just slightly missing where you think the matches are, but until your hand comes into contact with this tinder twig that you know, you feel it, and there's some flint nearby as well. All right, you will strike the match and carefully hoard over the light as to try to not let it peek too far and make his way over to those boards. You see the dark glow and illumination of your body kind of like just slightly against the wall as you begin making your way. Can he find a candle? Because these tinder, this tinder twig will go out fast. Can you find a candle? I will roll for it. Or anything that could sus more sustainably. You are unable to find a candle in the amount of time it took for that match to burn out. Okay, then he'll have to make his way over to the, uh, to the boards instead. You make your way over to the boards. You have one more tinder twig. All right. Well, he'll do this in the dark because he can. Because this is more feel than, okay. than sight anyway. You begin feeling the boards. And plus, he needs both hands. Yeah. Roll disable device. This is mostly because you're fumbling with the boards in the dark, so you can't really tell which board goes which direction. Okay. Twenty-one. A perfect. You finagle these boards, and you get very lucky with. The direction that you begin pulling them as they begin to come up from where they are on the floor. And you do feel as you're moving these boards out that there is a large space underneath. But you can tell that there is still dirt there, but it's just mostly a spot that's been dug out to store something. And as you reach your hand down to feel what might be down there, you come into contact with something solid and wooden. All right, we'll try to pull it up. You reach down trying to grab this thing to pull it up it is heavy and it feels like almost a wooden chest a large wooden chest can you feel for the latch to open it you reach down for the latch and you feel that there is a lock there the pin was the swearing type this would be the time blast lucky nail don't fail me now He's going to try to do this. You're doing this in the dark, which you kind of already are doing this with feeling, and you already have a minus two. Good luck. Strong start. 25. With a 25. And as you were feeling this lock, you could feel that this was probably what they consider an average lock. You feel as though it's working. You need four successes. Quentin, <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. Odds are staunchly not in the favor. 13. That is a critical failure, and the lockpick, your shoddy nail lockpick breaks inside the lock on the chest. He'll try to fish it out with another nail. <laughs> you try fishing out 
the nail that is inside. It is very difficult. And I think I'm going to say it's impossible from the angle that you're at because you're above this. And that's why you're having trouble getting the lockpick to function properly because you're having to wedge it in there. You probably need to change the position of the box or yourself. Uh, you said it was down beneath me, right? It's in, it, it's almost like it's perfectly fit in this hole. It's the size of the chest as a person curled up, but it is heavy. Hmm. Do I think I can break the lock? It would be noisy oh. and it would draw attention. Yeah. You could, you know it's here now. You could put the boards back and try again another day when you have more supplies now that you know what you might need. And that's a possibility as well. But I will say, if you break this box, if you try to break the lock, you're going to break the box before you break the lock. Yeah, I guess that does make sense. Well, he's lost his stuff one time and survived. We'll just have to find another record-breaking seeker mission to get stuff back. You could try. You know that somebody ha must have a key. Oh, yeah, that sounds definitely a less risk than making a noise in the middle of the night and taking a key off someone. A key that also magically has a magnet at the end that can get nails out of out of locks. You just need a little extra time to get that out of there. Maybe some oil. All right, well, tonight was a bust. He will pocket the tinder twig. Okay. But he'll put the boards back and he'll try to make his way back. Okay, you do so. You've timed the people pretty well, so I'm going to say you make your way back. And disappointingly, you go to sleep. And Finavir, the next day comes. As you adjust your pillow and fluff it a little bit in the morning, you find that there is a note that has been placed there. It was not there when you went to sleep. I'll find a way to read the note in private. It's hastily scrawled and somewhat difficult to read, but you can see that it says, Look in the Order Bishop's quarters. You might find something useful there. I can't say anything more, but be careful. Sincerely, a friend. Mass will be starting soon, but you have this note now. What do you do? He'll destroy it in some water while... Sure, you destroy the note. Yeah, he destroys the note. You see that there are large crowds beginning to funnel through the main entry gates. And they're beginning to go into the interior of the temple. And you see, like, some of them are just wandering around the grounds, admiring the area. Some of them are actually walking over and looking at the bushes that you and Kristoff had trimmed the other day. But you see, Kristoff is currently standing off to the side, giving people directions on where they can go. Benavir will take some directions. Benavir approaches Kristoff. As he does. As he does. Kristoff approaches the table. <laughs> As he does. You're giving directions to people who are getting ready to go into the temple. And Finnevere approaches to you, Kristoff, looking for directions? Yeah, I, where to go? Where do I sit? In the temple? Just anywhere? Is there an open seat? There's lots of places that people get all fussy about if I go. Alright, I'll figure it up. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we called you over here for. <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs> he said he wanted to ask you a <laughs> Are you sure that's all you wanted to ask him? <laughs> Look, Should what I... could he possibly offer me at this point? You were literally just told sit wherever you want, bud. All right, I'm going. Thanks for the thanks for that whack note. All I'm sure I'll make put it to good use. Thanks, bye bye. <laughs> Is that what you actually said? Christoph does a double take as he looks at him quizzically. No, no, no. Thanks, guys, for the note. I'm gonna die now. Okay, bye. Yeah, you know what? We're this is purgatory. This is what happens after you die, and this is where you get sent. We deserve to die, so we'll see where he goes. Does he get a second chance at life, or does crit happen? We're gonna find out. Right now. Right now. All right. So. Well. Benavir, you enter into the cathedral. It is packed, though it is strangely silent from the crowd. There is singing, though, from some of the true acolytes who are up on the higher podium, on the stage, singing beautiful melodies. And you see, seated on what you can only describe as a throne 
is a man dressed in dark red robes, very similar to the priest descendants, who you see are also seated on either side in a lineup on much smaller chairs, all made of marble, of course, high-quality materials. But the man that you see strikes a very intimidating figure. His clothing is made to enhance his torso, where his shoulders are insanely oversized, almost as if the cut of his robes are very angular. And that's like the only word you could describe. His, his entire outfit is just very angular. He also is wearing one of these faceless masks, which seems to be like some sort of porcelain. This man that you see seated on this throne must be the Order Bishop. His clothing is decorated in the typical, like a red like scarf, black rose with golden medallions and trim all along it. And his head is covered by this hood. That could be me in there and nobody would know the difference. That could be you. Who knows? How many bishops are there when everyone thinks there's one? As far as you're aware, there's only one order bishop. You find a seat somewhere. There are plenty of spaces in the back as well as in the front. You see that Ariana, you can tell just by her hair and the way she is poised as if ready to pounce completely enthralled just by looking towards the bishop. But where would you sit? Where would you try to go? It's a very large crowd, and everyone's paying attention to what is happening at the front. Ben is feeling bold. Fortune favors the bold. Oh, we'll see about that. We'll see if the dice favor the bold. Because here's the plan. He's a fake bishop. He's not the bishop. I am. Ariana has cleaned the bishop's quarters. Perhaps she has a key. Uh, She's a trusted enough member to rave about how often she's been there. He's going to try to see. He's going to take the seat next to her. See if she has the key. Wait until she's high on spirit juice and try to swipe the key. Okay. Then we'll try to find an opening to go to the quarters. You go up and you take a seat next to Ariana. She looks and turns to you, barely giving you much acknowledgement beyond, I see that you're here, Finevia. Welcome. Now, listen. Listen to the bishop's words. And she turns her attention immediately back to the front. The bishop isn't even doing anything at this point. He's just seated on his mock throne. Finnevir internally rolling his eyes. Words to live by. You wanted to see if she had a key on her. You could roll a perception check. (laughs) (laughs) It can't be. It can't be. (laughs) You know what it rolled. This is what fortune favors. Fortune favors the boring. So tell me, Finnevir. Oh. From your own lips. What did you roll? Oh, she needs me to say it. Well, in case you at home hadn't guessed two minutes in advance exactly what would happen, this is a natural one. (laughs) Fortune favors the one. And that leaves us with a total of... Uh, A total of 15. Yeah. Finnevere, roll a will save. So will or wisdom modifier? Will. All right, let's go. 24. You try and look for this key on Ariana, but you cannot help but be drawn to look back towards the throne, the mock throne as the bishop stands up. You don't see a key on Ariana, but you see a key on the bishop, a key to your heart. And where is he? On the stage. But your eyes, you, you... He has my attention. He has your attention. You see as he stands up, Welcome, welcome, my children. We are gathered here today to indulge our minds in the knowledge that we have of the mortar and the maiden. There's a cheer, very like a slow wash over the crowd. You feel yourself becoming enamored with his words. Time begins to pass by, and you don't even realize it's happening. Until you feel a hand on your shoulder, which seems 
to snap your attention away from the words of the bishop, and you see that Christoph is standing next to you. In the veil, in the shadows, we endure. You feel as though your attention snaps, though, away from the bishop, and you notice that every single person in this place is only looking at him. His head is tilted up to the sky as if he is praying, a self-indulgent prayer. But Kristoff is looking at you, and you are looking at him now. Oh, that is some powerful magic. I told you, the tasks we do are to refine and steal ourselves, make us stronger of will so that we may endure. Well... This seems like a fairly opportune moment. You have an incapable crowd of doing anything and an ignorant, upward-facing other individual, leaving no individuals to watch someone walk away with a key and run towards a room that is... What key? Yeah, we gotta find it. I don't know if you'd allow a recheck on that perception check or not. Uh, Finn's gonna take this mode to try to find it, so if it's not on Ariana, which he'll... If you allow, I'll check again. If you think that he's already checked and determined that it's not there, then that's fine too. You did not see a key on Ariana. And to be fair, you've never really seen her carrying a key. You've never seen it. one of the acolytes carrying a key. Yeah, well, he never really got to see too many of the true acolytes, but he would know what their capes look like. Mm-hmm. So he's going to try to subtly... He's going to nod towards Kristoff and then pursue his mission. Uh... He's going to try to find these acolytes and try to see if he can find a key on any of them. As you begin to try and move away from Kristoff, he puts a hand on your shoulder and stops you. Kristoff, kind of seeing the intent in your eyes, but also taking note of his surroundings the same way you are, kind of like opens up his vestment slightly and you can see a metallic object dangling from inside. Fortune favors the bold Finnevir. Not too good for this world. I thank you. He'll take the key, try to subtly move out of the room towards that hallway. The second he's out of sight, he'll quicken his pace. Okay. First off, you just go with him at this point. Yeah. He follows at a distance as to not be immediately associated with him if there was anyone who was not necessarily enraptured in the bishop's prayer. Um, but also is kind of almost watching Finnevere's tail as he's tailing him to make sure that no one else is. Okay. And you make your way down the hallway to the large golden embossed door and you insert the key into the keyhole. It unlocks with ease. Eat it, nails. <laughs> and you open the door to this room, the grand quarters of the bishop. And you can tell immediately upon opening the door this man lacks in all manners of humility. You quite literally see a massive portrait hanging in the door entryway of the bishop. Congratulations. Fortune favors the brave and the bold. You made it into the room. And I think that is where we're going to end this week's episode of the Gate Chronicles. Uh, next episode, when the red sun rises. I think it's already risen. We're like in the middle of the day now, man. Fortune punishes the one. <laughs> the weight of shadows. The weight of shadows. So, thank you, Foundlings, for listening to this week's episode of The Gate Chronicles. We're so glad that you joined us in all of the chaos as we had to, like, figure out things and discover the stuff. And yeah, yeah, we're getting somewhere. But anyway, shout out to our patrons, Jason Lillis and Stephen Howland. Thank you for being supportive of our content. We're so grateful. And, you know, we're really bad at following up on this. But hey, we're working on it. So thank you guys so much. We want to give a big thank you and shout out to Michael Gelfie of Michael Gelfie Studios, Monument Studios, Epidemic Sounds, etc., 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 for allowing us to use their music and ambiance in today's episode. All of their links are in the description below. So go ahead and check them out. And as always, if you want to support our podcast, you can go to our Patreon. And I, I'll, I'll make a goal. I don't know if it will ever happen, but if it does, five, five, Quinn said five patrons. If we get five patrons, five patrons, we will make an entire episode where all the sound effects, all the music are just our voices. 
it will not be an old episode. It's got to be something new, something fancy, fandangled, different. Definitely not in Pathfinder because I can't handle those sounds. <laughs> uh, yeah, so consider going to our Patreon and supporting the podcast. That really helps us out and motivates us to continue making great content. And hang out with us in our Discord, guys. That's, that's literally where we post everything. We don't believe in social media anymore. We just believe. <laughs> that's it. All right. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.